Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Uh, so we're back with Neil Murphy for part two, uh, which we threatened at the end of the last one. And this time around, we're going to try to be a little bit more advice oriented. This is kind of the first uh, of the of this series of Discount Film School episodes that really is kind of going to be a little schoolish, if we can, based on Neil's experience, because he, uh, as we mentioned last time, submitted both his shorts, uh, Breadwinner and Wrigley and King to a number of festivals and through both successes and failures mm-hmm. has learned all kinds of things he's going to do on the next one. And he's happy to share that information with you. Yeah, uh, but we should establish we were just talking before we rolled the mics. The difference between what you want to do and what you don't want to do and that this is kind of geared towards Neil's goals, which how, how would you describe those? Yeah, um, well, you know, I I mean, like we were well, like we were saying right before uh, we started rolling, you know, the my advice is primarily based towards what I wanted, which I don't think will be necessarily what everyone. Wanted, but what I what I always envisioned was that. I was going to make short films, and I was going to send them to festivals, and I, you know, see, now I'm going back, because it's, I have to think back to kind of the beginning of it all. I had very unrealistic expectations when I first started out. I thought that festivals were the kind of places where someone might see your short and uh, be like, oh, that, you know, it's really interesting. And where distributors actually meet and... Or m- money people. Or, yeah, or yeah. investors, maybe, um, looking to invest in new talent. Yeah. yeah. Granted, this is like three and a half. I, I started about three and a half years ago submitting Breadwinner, and that didn't turn out to really be true at all. I mean, like, it, I granted, I I haven't ever played it anywhere that is kind of really really huge, but I played it some decent sized places, and I've never, I've never really been. Uh, no one's ever been interested in like funding anything else I've done, or or you know. I think most of the resources that we've probably read were like so, a, a lot of our kind of like indie film heroes are from like the nineties. Well, it was a different. <clears throat> it was a different time. You yeah, understand? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, cause it really was. I think though, because you hear about people uh, making these short films, and they. I just think there was so much less competition. Right. Be, be, whereas, like, now with the digital age, I think all the film festivals well, are just flooded. <clears throat> think about it this way. Where could you see weird, different, new, low-budget, independent shorts before YouTube and before the Internet? The only place you were going to see them festivals. was at festivals. Yeah. So there's a really obvious place to go. And now, like, you can't get enough of them. You can't you, – you, you, you don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> You're sick. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. you're you're now it's just like, oh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's, yeah. I guess I. So I guess I don't know. I I'm I'm getting the feeling that no one really recruits anymore through festivals. I don't, you know. Well, and, and films were more expensive to make. So, 
I mean, it, the the concept of making a feature under the circumstances I made a feature under mm. were kind of like that that concept didn't really exist. Like the you know everybody goes back to Clerks as like the that was the big cheap movie that was made and that was still twenty eight thousand dollars. It just, was that much just because of the yeah and oh, that's like oh. doing like long ass takes of two people in black and white the cheapest film you can possibly buy yeah um, it still costs that much because film was just that expensive for processing and printing and uh, so the the idea of making a short film as your calling card you know, well, I, I won't spend, you know, if I'm going to have to invest myself, if I'm going to have to take my own pocket change and make a movie, why don't I keep it short, low budget, submit to festivals, the, f- the festival circuit will lead me to an investor, and then I'll get to make my feature length movie. Mm. And that maybe was kind of, is that sort of along the lines you were thinking? That was along the lines I was thinking. <laughs> it didn't turn out to be that way. It may still be that way if, but I think you need to play at the really big places, you know, you need. And that's to- what you want to get kind of get into here. Which yeah. is like you don't you, you know the submission fees are so expensive why why spend it on the ones that aren't going to do anything for you? But uh-huh. and this is where it gets complicated is that I don't know if I was starting out I don't know if I would want to give that advice to myself because like I have those on my resume now I have those kind of even if they're low tier or, or middle tier or um, I've got them you know I can use them and I would say that. I think they have helped me. I think they've given me a certain level of credibility, particularly with cast um, over the last couple mm, of years. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you just need that element of like Google ability so that people just want to work with you. They go, yeah, this guy actually will finish a movie. So therefore, yeah, exa- I'm yeah. willing to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, how many how many student projects, and I'm guilty of this myself on a couple of projects, just peter out. Yeah. I mean, you know, where, and, and the, the actor and the crew, everyone puts in a ton of work and then it's just like, Oh wow, my script it just never came together, and right. like I don't even want to edit this to completion. Right. Um, and I know a lot of actors who they don't even need to. They they're not looking for the best projects in the world. They're just looking for a completed project on DVD that they were in that they excelled in. You yeah. know that they did well in. They don't really care about the rest of it. But they're like, as long as you can finish it, get me a DVD because I'm not a filmmaker. I'm an actor. Yeah. Then I, you know, then I'm happy. And so yeah, so just that the, the the one thing they will check you out on is like, has this guy ever made anything like to completion? So my, my, you know, I ended up doing it with a feature, but my advice is always like charge through a first project, mm, you yeah. know, like just get through it. And would you, the, 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 the advice that gets a little tricky at that point is what would you suggest they do with that first charge through not so great project? Well, if it's, if it's not very good, um, and if they can admit that it's not very good, I would just move on yeah. because I don't, I think that the fa- I don't think there's any point in wasting festival money on uh, on a project that's not very good because it's just going to get rejected from most places. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the thing is that I, I feel like I might have touched upon this point last time. The festivals want to say no to you. And so if, if, if there's anything in your project that you're kind of doubting, it's never going to play at anywhere you want yeah. it to play. Like, because the movie that you think is the best movie you'll ever make won't get into a bunch of film festivals. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, and, and that's like, that's kind of... Like Wrigley and King, I thought that was a really good film. Yeah. And I mean, it got rejected from a ton of places, a ton of top tier festivals. Right. Um, so, I mean, I was personally expecting it to do a little bit better. Um, I mean, it did well, but it, it I, I thought I was going to kind of cross over uh, a little bit more, and I didn't really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, so I guess, like, I guess I would just move on. I, I, I think that, I think it's really important when you make, uh, I mean, 
you've made features, but actually this philosophy pretty you pretty much followed it. You pl- plowed ahead with every yeah. feature you made. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with short films, I mean, how much? That's like that's one of the nice things about shorts is that in a year you can do easily two or three really good shorts. Sure. Um, and you and like and if you fuck one up, you get you can move on with your life. It's not like yeah. It's not like it's gonna. Uh, hang with you for months and months and months. I've really, like, coming from the feature world, I've really enjoyed that about podcasting. Is like, just the element of, like, make one, move on. Make one, move on. No one's getting hung up on the Mm. idea of a bad podcast. Like, I can just kind of keep creating and keep feeding this hungry monster. And, uh, and I've always been a little bit envious of short filmmakers, and and I've enjoyed making short films when that's been the case. Because it's not my, it's not my baby, you know? I'm just like, well, I made a movie, and maybe it will do something for me. And as much as I put, like, I put a lot of stock in my features, the the movies that, you know, the movie you saw that I made to, that introduced you into the world was a short film that I I vomited in a weekend. Yeah. Uh, You know, I really didn't give a fuck about that movie. I mean, I threw, I I shat that out of my ass. (laughs) And, and, you know, the the one that got me in a documentary and stuff was this little short cartoon movie I made just because I was an angry 16-year-old that liked Star Wars. You should you should say the title. It's pretty famous. Uh, Lord of the Rings by George Lucas. I think yeah. I think some people know that I made that. But the, so it's like those little things that I ha- I didn't know anything would come of them. Something came of them. So so I would still advise like make your make make some shorts between your features if you're even if you're going my route. Well, have have you have you heard that someone told this to me recently and I I, I keep I keep like repeating it because I think it's so great. Have you heard that pot metaphor, the pot pottery making class? No. Okay, so uh, it's a teacher at the beginning of the year and she has two classes and one class she says um, make the best pots that you can. I want I want perfect pots. Spend as long as you need to on them, and um, and don't uh, like don't settle. Like if you make a bad pot, like keep going on it. Right. And then she tells the other class, just make as many pots as you can, and and like it, I don't care what they look like. It's just like as long as they're round and they can hold water, it's fine. Yeah. And by the end of the year, uh, like class B, the one that she told make as many pots as you can, was making better pots than class A. Because they had the practice, right? You know, and it's like it's kind of like this great metaphor for you. Just like if you want to get, it's like that. What do they say? It's like ten thousand hours to mastery or something. Yeah, um, it's just about getting through those hours. Yeah, yeah. honestly, it, I, I'm beginning to believe that more and more. Like it's just a, you, you like you really, really have to do it a lot. Yeah, and and so that's why I personally like I just like like love shorts and. I'm trying to make more shorts than I have in the past because I think in the past I was a little more trying to make the perfect pot, whereas like now I feel like I just want more practice, 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 yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to to come back, so if you if you make your first film and it's not very good, I wouldn't waste any time submitting it to the festival. I would I would put that whatever money you have into your next short film. So let's say you do make a film that you think is pretty good. Um, now we get into uh, what are your goals for the festival circuit. Because I know we were talking about that before we, we started rolling, is that different people have it, and that, this is where I have to backtrack again. I, I, like, if you just want to have your film play at places and you just want to go and have that experience and that, like, just jazzes you, that's totally fine. You're probably able to accomplish that. It's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, never forget, like, you're going to make this movie. You're going to get maybe a few, maybe a handful of, of public screening opportunities if you're lucky. I mean, if you, you, you can you can schedule your own. You can you know, rent mm. your own auditorium. I have 
Yeah. Uh, you can get into, if you're lucky enough to get into a festival and, and stand in front of people and talk about the movie. Like those are cool, fun experiences. And, and, uh, you'll never get to sit there watching people laugh or listening to people, you know, be silent when they're supposed to be silent. It's a very educational experience about your movie. It and, is. Yeah. And, um, so, so that, you know, in my mind, especially for, for a guy who's like, well, this is the movie I wanted to lead up to. Uh, you know, I, 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 I try to cherish every moment of that, but in, in your case where you're very proud of the movie, but you're looking for it to do something mm, for you, yeah. that might not be enough. It might not be worth the submission expense for a couple of extra public screenings. Well, and this is where we get into what festivals do you select? Yeah. Because there's a lot of festivals out there that, um... I'm trying to think of a diplomatic way to phrase this. They're they're rather small, you know. They're they're not going to attract a wide audience, and they're pretty easy to get into if you have something that's reasonably good. Um, and this is what I learned with Breadwinner because I had no Breadwinner was like the first short film I made that I thought it was good enough where I was like I want to send this to festivals. I'd never made anything before that that I, I really wanted to spend the time and money and research on. Um, so anyway, I sent out Breadwinner to a bunch of places, and looking back now, it's just like I wasted a ton of money from from what I wanted to accomplish because I just didn't know what was a good festival and what was a bad festival. And some of the places that I got into, I found out later, were just like really, really small. You know, like there was probably like three people watching yep. when, when your film was playing or um, they don't exist anymore, which, uh, you know, the, the festival just died out, um, which... I don't think that's particularly beneficial for your resume, which is what I was always thinking about. Like, I, 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 tr- I wouldn't want to have a festival on on my like short film list that doesn't exist anymore, because I think it makes you look real. Like, it makes the film. This is all. This is like putting things in perspective. It makes the film look like oh, it only it was only the, able to play at that level. Desperate for accolades, that it would still be listing a dead festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just makes you look kind of desperate. And this is like. I think I feel like I touched upon this last time. There's those festivals that are straight up scams. Yeah. Never do those because anyone who knows anything is going to know. How do you identify those? They're really pretty easy to identify. They all follow a very similar format. First off, most of the time, they're not a real festival. They're like an awards festival, as they refer to it. It means there's no theater because they don't have to rent a theater. Right. Um, and oh, I see. And they never, like, they never screen your film. There will not be any public exhibition. There will not be a public exhibition. It's like a total scam. It's like a mob thing. Yeah. Um, and it's a front for yeah. a festival. <laughs> yeah. But it's but they but they put themselves up like they're on without a box. They seem just like a normal festival. So it can be hard for beginners yep. to know that it's a total scam. But what happens is, you pay the entry fee, and then you get an email. It's like you've won an award, and you know it's like you've won the. The Silver Goldfish in short film, and you're like, oh, the Silver Goldfish, you know, <laughs> and um, and so then and then uh, they're like, yeah, and and then you, but then you go to the website and you look and you know there's like a gold goldfish and uh. a bronze goldfish, and that was just in the short film like audience choice, and then there's like the director's choice, and like right. 
what you quickly realize is that like there's a million fucking awards for these. Everybody got a goldfish. Pretty much. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything. And then what happens is they're like, if you want your certificate, you know, send us twenty five dollars through PayPal and we'll print it out and ship it to you. Uh, and the the I made this uh this is really embarrassing. I made the mistake of getting a couple of those certificates when I first started out. They all look exactly the same. I swear to they? God, like it's it's from it's, the same stationary website. Yeah, it's gotta be the it's gotta be the same stationary website or there's some like super company that's running these like sub oh, festivals. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, those are total total scams. I would avoid them. Basically, if go on if you're on without a box and you see a festival and um, I should probably mention this at this point. Um, if you ever want to like run a festival by me uh, personally, uh, me as Neil Murphy, um, I'm totally willing to like tell you anything I've heard about it. Um, so, so if you have a Facebook or an email and you feel like sharing it, go can, ahead. Oh, can I get my email? Yeah, there? please. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, my email is cmurphy at gm.slc.edu. Um, and if you want to email me there, if anyone's listening to this ever has a question about a particular festival, I'll tell you anything I've heard. Um, and that that also builds into I think I mentioned last time there's uh, the message boards on Without a Box and the people there also keep pretty good tabs because you know sometimes people will sort of identify festivals that are just selling out or going in a scammy direction or yeah good. Um, stuff like that. But um, in terms of looking for a credible uh, film festival right now, I use the sort of guideline that. I don't like to submit to places that haven't been running for at least 10 years. I feel like it's a nice it's a nice cutoff because if they've been running for 10 years, I assume they're going to be around for a while and it's going to be a worthwhile entry onto my resume. Yep. Um anything 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 less than that, I'm a little more suspect because I've I've entered in like it gets hard sometimes because you see like oh, 8 years running and you figure that's pretty good, but I've seen even festivals that were 8 years running then like skip a year and you know, because like they didn't have the funding, and I don't know. I just I think anything that's inconsistent. Sydney Underground was only six. The, the 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 only thing that I will say is that having seen the the shorts program, I don't know that if I was looking to elevate my career, that I would have. Uh, that, uh, now that I know about the festival, I don't mm. think I would have submitted a short going. Yeah, that's going to do something for my career, unless I won an award at it, maybe. But in the case of like they had they had it was a mixed festival. They had featured and shorts. And we were the only feature that wasn't either a documentary or made by a celebrity. Um, I ended up getting contacted by a distributor. Mm. So it was like it kind of really worked out and contacted by a bunch of other underground festivals, of course. How many how many people you sat through the shorts program? Yeah. Yeah. I went went all four nights. How many people were in the audience, would you say, during the shorts program? Uh, Well, so they had uh, I I don't know if I mentioned it last time. They had three uh, cinemas uh, like in in the same space. And so, yeah, so, like, you're actually competing with your own festival. <laughs> but uh, they were all packed all the time. Wait, what were we talking about? Like, uh, Well, so they were, there, was a, there was the main auditorium, and then there were two smaller cinemas, which sat, uh, I want to say, 120. Uh, mm. But the big one sat 300. Wow. And um, they were always, like, not always, always, but, like, almost every night that I was there. I think it was, they ran reruns during the day on the weekends, and those weren't packed. Okay. But any nighttime yeah. stuff, because they had an outdoor bar, it was like a almost like a film student conference. Like, You're in a major city too, right? Major yeah, city, so, yeah. and not a lot of other things like that going on there. So it was like a total big fish, small pond scenario where you can really like shine there. I've I've, I've been a little a little bummed out um, occasionally because like sometimes you go and and you know I don't know and this this gets in like a lot of times the festivals say like bring people and promote your film and it's like. 
why? Like, yeah. I, I, I completely don't understand why they say that. They're like, bring your friends and family. So, you, can, you know, they're like, you're going to want to make sure there's people there. And it's like, they've already seen the film. Like, yeah. you know, it's such a weird idea. Like, I... It, I hear you. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, they, they emailed us saying that same thing of like, anybody you can get to come. But then it ended up being, you know, of course I can't get anybody in Australia to come to, I don't know anybody in Australia, but I go there and the, and the movie's packed. So I think that that in, in their case anyway, that was just a strategy to like, we want people coming. We will try to promote to absolutely anybody. anyone. Yeah. And if that's your people, our people, everybody's people, they're just trying to get asses in seats. Yeah. I, no, I can understand. I just sometimes it just does feel weird because they yeah. they almost they put the responsibility of promotion on you. Like they're sometimes they're like, if you wanna, I feel like some festivals are like, if you wanna contact local newspapers mm. and promote your screening, and it's like, it's not real. Like this yeah. is kind of crossing a line. Like yeah, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just feels bizarre to like. Right. Um, well, I always ho- kind of hoped that it was like, well, I got into a festival. The festival will be the promotion. Thank you know. I, yeah. I, I've gotten to a venue now that that can promote me. I don't have to promote myself anymore, but I, I actually have kind of given up on that idea. I think I've realized that like you always, I, on every single level, you will always be promoting yourself. Like you, you see it even at the, and on with the top guys with their Twitter accounts and like self promotion is now built into this business. That's what mm. it is. Yeah. Um, especially with the amount of people that are out there, you've got to, it's, it's on you. But I, I, it becomes a question of what is productive self-promotion yes. and what is self-promotion. Blanking. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I, I feel like sometimes these festivals, you know, you hear about filmmakers who are like, I went and I put up posters for my film and, and it's like all that work. And it's like, I don't think they did anything. You yeah. know, like what, what do they call those little cards? Oh, uh, like leaflets. And yeah, the, yeah. And like people hand those out and it's like, go see my short film. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't. I think your time is better spent doing some. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're at Sundance, maybe, but like, not. I don't. I don't know if that makes any difference if you're kind of like a mid-level festival. Yeah. So like, a, like when I started out with um, Breadwinner, you know, I, I sent it to a bunch of places uh, that just turned out to be a real waste of money. Um, so I, I've sort of covered how you could maybe identify better festivals, um, the festivals that'll look better on your resume. People who are kind of in the know might. Might say that's a good festival. Um, you won't look like. You won't look super pathetic. Um, <laughs> you know, if because I, I see that sometimes on IMDb. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, but I see like I see sometimes like other independent filmmakers, and and they'll be like, it, it, they build it up like a lot in their bio. They're like, yes. you know, where where he was awarded the blah 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 award at this festival, and sure. I I know that's like a tiny little festival. And I just feel like anyone of importance looking at that probably knows it too. Yeah. Um, so it's almost worse than not saying anything. Honestly, yeah. 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 And that's where we get back to. And actually, this is um, something. This is advice that was given to me. Is you like the festivals that your film gets into? It's kind of like a trend, like in the sense that if it if it gets into some small places, that might keep it from getting into bigger places because all these festivals tend to be aware of each other, um, which is, we can talk more about that later. But so if you, if you like, if you get into some really, really tiny festivals, you're, you might be kind of limiting the range of your short film. It might be better to start at the top and then work your way down. Yeah. If you do want to go for the top. Yeah. Um, if it turns out you don't screen at those. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think that, you know, I, I feel like the top tier festivals, they don't want to be playing work that was playing at like 
Uncle Bob's Farmland sure. Film sure. Festival. Um, and, well, and not to, you should mention uh, a lot of festivals want to own the premiere. That's true. Yeah. Well, well, it's different with shorts. They want to own oh, it typically it? for like the city they're in or or the location they're in. Some don't care at all. But with a short, I think it's it's kind of if they want like a nation, like an American premiere. They better be fucking huge. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I mean, if, if they're, like, a mid-level festival... Really, and they're I like, didn't know that. Because uh, I, I had to freak out a little bit when I first got into Cinekink, where I was like, look, I mean, I've got 15 pending submissions, right? And I've gotten... And this is the first one I've heard back from, and I've gotten in. For all I know, it could be nothing but acceptances. You know, of course, you, you, no, you're yeah, sitting there totally. hoping that that's the case. Or this could be the only one I ever get into, and it's going to be all rejections from this point out. And I better premiere at it because I'm not going to hear from the next one for two months, and I better just do it. And so I ended up, you know, going like, well, I better, you know, and I did. And it's a good thing I did because then it was a lot of rejections. And then, of course, I got into Australia, and then you can just say international, and they didn't care anyway. So Cinekink was your American premiere, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the total premiere, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, I see what yeah. you're saying. I, I mean, yeah, that's – with. I know with a feature, your premiere is really, really important, they say, because, like, once you've premiered yeah. at a place, you've – You've really decided the trajectory yeah. of your film. I can't get into South by Southwest now. I can't. You know, I'm I'm done. Like, yeah. Unless um, unless I get some kind of very special distinction, and they're like, let's screen him. But that would be a situation where they actually contact me. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we want you to screen. They would. They would request. I wouldn't be without a boxing at that point. Yeah. And, right. Um. Yeah. I've never. I never had a film festival request. To see a film about really? it. Really? Yeah, it's kind of too bad. You hear about it happening, but it's never It happened after, after Sydney. Sure enough, like after all these rejections, then the other, because they're, what I didn't realize was that underground film festivals are like a family, or that they're, they're basically a, 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 you know, a type of film festival. An alliance. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, the Star Alliance. Um, and like, so, especially the Australian ones, like Perth and... Mm. Um, and Melbourne were like, uh, hey, like we have festivals too. Um, once a lot of nice things were said about the movie. So it's just like, you know, but, but, but again, uh, submitting to that one, like why did I submit to that one? It was, had only run for six years. The website was pretty dumpy. Like it's, it, it's a pretty, you know, they, whoever they hired for their web stuff, not so great. Mm. Um, and yet it was a really big, big festival that we did really well at. And, and like, I, I so don't regret going overseas to go screen at it. So there are going to be these exceptions to the rules. The, I mean, these rules yeah. are, are not really, like, these are just, the, like, these are educated guesses. Yeah. I mean, like. It's trying to zero in on something that can't possibly be scientific. And it's always it's always changing. Yeah. I mean, cuz like you 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 there's festivals that uh, were considered great and then like a like a, a director will take over who has absolutely no taste and suddenly everyone's like that festival sucks and yeah. yeah. Um so I mean it's it's a constant like shift like they're organisms. They're not like establishments. And uh, honestly from from where I stand, it's also a really kind of flash in the pan thing too. Like you you get so much heat from being in one festival. You can use that heat to do something. Yeah. And then it's kind of over. Or you can use the accumulative accolades of like in your case, you, I think at this point you could probably sell yourself to an investor if you were to reach out to an investor on like check out all these festivals I screened at. Just quantity wise. Well, I mean, it, it, that kind of does get into my long-term goals because, you know, I'm, I mean, I've talked to you a little about this. Like, I'm, I'm planning to make a longer film for my thesis yeah. and, uh, you know, probably about 30, I hope to get it under 30 minutes, but um, 
I'm going to do a Kickstarter for that. And like, I felt, I, I, I sort of had this in my head that if I had like a long list of festivals, it, you know, that might add some legitimacy to my Kickstarter campaign. It will. It will. Um, it, it's, it's like when our, we both had the same uh, screenwriting professor, uh, Jim Masek. Yeah. Do we talk about, do we talked about his, no, li- his advice about like, what are you really trying to accomplish here? Do we, when do we, we, no, we didn't no. mention Oh, it. we totally have to mention that. He, uh, <clears throat> you know, he, he, he actually did this really nice thing where he, um, he gave every he he gave everybody like five bucks and was like you you have yeah. to you have to make up the rest of the submission fee which I think was only like fifteen it was like ten it was like ten was it was like it? another yeah. five he's really yeah it was cool guy. um and he was like I want you all to uh, to submit one of the screenplays that you wrote in this class to this Providence screen you know screen it, that's Ivy contest. right I, yeah yeah it was yeah. Ivy that's okay. right and um. Yeah, and he was like, so so this is a screenwriting competition, right? So like if you think that like film festivals are competitive, where somebody actually had to get off their ass and make a movie. Someone had to get a camera. <laughs> like yeah, like somebody had to get a camera and some actors. Like how how competitive do you think screenwriting competitions are where anybody with a laptop can write a screenplay? Like there's a lot of submissions, is my point. Yeah. Um and good good sc- and bad. Screen screenwriting also it I think I feel like amateur screenwriting is it can be more of a fantasy than yeah. amateur filmmaking yeah. because like you said you don't have to realize anything it's kind of all you just seeing it in your head so i feel like it, you know people can write a screenplay and be like this is amazing whereas if you go and make a short film you're gonna like reality's gonna start coming in a little bit sooner you have to start answering some harder questions yeah yeah um but he was like you know should you place or should you get some kind of distinction He's like, it's not going to make your career. It's not going to lead necessarily to an investor or, or lead to somebody who wants to produce that screenplay. But what it will do is it will distinguish you from someone who didn't get an award. Yeah. It it separates you from the massive crowd to a slightly, slightly smaller crowd. It all just comes down to the laziness of the person looking at your resume. Exactly. Because it everyone everyone wants to have a decision made for them and everyone wants to be able to justify their decision. So. One guy's got to read five screenplays and yeah. only one of them has won an award. He's going to read that one. And and not only that, but then if he selects that screenplay to pass on to his boss and his boss, let's say it's between that yeah. and a screenplay with no awards and his boss uh, he picks the one with no awards and then his boss hates it. Right. Okay, then he has to defend it. Whereas if he picks the one that has the award and then his boss hates it, he's like, well, it won this award. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, clearly. You know, I was going off of somebody else's vouch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a voucher. That's, right. That, that's it's what, a voucher. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's basically saying mm-hmm. this person is worth something. Yeah. Um, that was a kind of a scary ex- existential <laughs> thought. This person's um, worth something. <laughs> but um, so go go out, kids, and be worth something. <laughs> go earn yourself. Um, but in terms of, um, I feel like one of the things that is it's really good to it's kind of good to get to know the festivals, and this kind of this leads into my help saving money t- tactics. It's really hard. I've I found it's kind of hard to save money early on you kind of have to get started with just like paying the entry fees but once you get going it does get easier so okay first off you've never submitted anywhere um and you've you've picked up a list of festivals um if i'm assuming some of the people uh listening to this will be students um if you're a student always ask for a fee waiver always it never hurts to ask just email them at their like generic email and just ask now some festivals uh, a lot of them will just say no 
because they say it's not fair, or some of them will have a discounted student fee that's like five bucks less. Yeah, and they so, might not have been listed on without a box. Sometimes not. Yeah. Usually it is. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really work that much. I don't know if I've ever even gotten anything out of doing that with a place I've never submitted to before. But okay, so let's say you take your short film, you submit to ten places, you get all rejections, right? Uh, what I do and what I recommend is that when you get that rejection email, if it's through without a box, typically that will be the only time you'll ever be interacting with like a programmer or a director because their email, their like personal festival email will be on that rejection. Yeah. Whereas like the email that's listed on the website is probably being checked by some intern. And so like if you're if you're just like if you ask a question to the email on a website or something, it's just some intern probably just looking at the festival guidelines and being like, nope, no. we can't do yeah. that. Whereas, like, as soon as you get a hold of someone who actually has a little bit of power, um, you have a better chance of maybe getting a fee waiver. So what I always do is try to, when you get a rejection, always be polite and classy. Um, and I learned this uh, through some, I got upset, I got emotional uh, a couple times when I was starting out. Um, it's hard not to when you're, when you're I mean, how did you feel, Frankie? I sent one really angry <clears throat> email to the Las Vegas International Film Festival because I, I didn't, I, I, I had to find out through some... I had to find out that I didn't get into the film festival because I realized that it had already taken place. And, and, and I sent an email to be like, fuck you, you have no respect for filmmakers, I don't want to be in your fucking film festival. I, I told a fe- I, similar thing. Yeah. I had a festival where they passed their... Because there's a notify date, and they passed their notify date, and I said, hey, what's going on? And they were like, oh, um, we sent out the notifications. Uh, what I, and they're like, I'm not sure about your film. And they're like... But I absolutely, positively will check and get back to you. I'm so sorry this happened. Mm-hmm. And then they never got back to me. And I was like, what happened? And they were like, oh, you didn't get in. But like, it was, it was like two weeks later. Right. I never know. And like, the festival had already started or something. And so I just like got angry because like, they owe it to you. Yes. They, they owe, they, it's too, way too expensive. You're funding their festival. You, you paid 30 bucks for an entry fee. Someone can write a boilerplate email being like, eh, yes. I just didn't make it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, when you get rejected, I always try to be pretty classy. I, I, I try to say something like, well, thank you for your consideration. Um, good luck with this year's festival. You know, because, I mean, it's just a generic answer, but they're giving you a generic answer. But, sure. what, but what that does is that it shows that you're not a lunatic. <laughs> and I, if you send that email right away and sort of, like, date it, then, like, say a year goes by and you've got a new short film. What I do is I go back to that email, and that's proof that I've submitted to them before, and it's proof that I didn't flip out when I submitted before. And that's when I ask, can I get a fee waiver? I've submitted once before, can I get a fee waiver? And I found that this really, this has a pretty, like, it's not like, it's not like amazing. It's not like 40%, but like, I've gotten at least a dozen fee waivers it by doing worked. that. It has yeah. worked. And sometimes the, because like I said, you might be talking to the festival director. They'll just say, they'll just be like, oh yeah, like I remember your film, like send me your new one directly to me. And that that does uh, several things because like now you've just bypassed what might be several rounds of screeners and the director themselves might just make a decision on whether your film is good enough to not. And that's great because I mean that like, that's a huge help where if if you, because I don't know how, I don't... I don't know how every festival works, but I, I was a I was a judge for a film festival and I've read a bit about it and like typically most festivals they'll have like a front line of screeners who are most of the time like they're just students or they're just like film enthusiasts. They're not like they don't have like a strong um they're not making the ultimate decisions. But if they say no to a film or if like two of them say no to a film, depending on how many rounds this goes through, 
it might never get to anyone who's making a decision because like that's that's it's like the gates where it's meant to weed people out mm. and so if you can bypass those gates i think you've instantly increased your chances of actually getting in and yes. you get sort of a instant feedback rather than having to wait you've made this human connection with somebody that's yeah. related to the festival yeah um so that works. That that seems to work um, pretty well. So I would always save your rejection emails um, and 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 try to use those in the future. Look at it as a long term investment. That's more the way I've been looking at it now because I've pretty much submitted now to every place, almost every place I ever expect to submit to. Um, you know that was part of my like campaign with the second film. Uh, you know because I was I knew I wasn't going to be making a film for a while, so I thought I'll lay the groundwork for potentially getting fee waivers for the the later films. Yeah. Um, now I want to add another little note here. If you've played at a film festival before and you go to submit again and they won't give you a fee waiver, my opinion is that's not a good festival because I think that they owe you, uh, if you've played there and you're an alum, as they say, they owe you a, a fee waiver forever. Yeah. Um, mm. and in fact, I had a, I had a cool fest that, it not only gives me a fee waiver forever, but I can recommend one person a year to get a fee waiver. Oh, wow. Which I, th- I think that's really cool. That's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Sinekin ha- contacted everybody who played last year and was like, submissions are open. We want to let you guys know first, and you can all submit for free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they should. And, and I've had festivals that I've played at before. Uh, this is really infuriating. And, and I've said, you know, um, I've played at your festival before. Can I get a fee waiver? And they've said no. And it's like... What was the point? Like, yeah, really. yeah, like you should be treating me. It 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 indicates immediately no respect for the filmmakers. I would say so. Yeah, yeah because it's like <clears throat> if you've broken through that barrier of I've actually and honestly, if you you know I've I've played at your festival, then they they, they don't like they can waive the twenty five bucks or sure. whatever. Like they owe you that, and so I use that as a as an acid test now for the future. Like because uh, I've played at you know I don't know twenty or thirty fests, like fests that I might submit to again, and. Uh, yeah, if they don't give me a fee waiver in the future, that I just think that's wrong. Never submit again. No, I would never submit again. Yeah, because yeah. um, I, you know, it, I just don't think that's right. I mean, maybe if it, maybe if you're, if you, particularly if you're submitting in the same form, like if you're submitting uh, another short film. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say for feature because I don't have that experience. But um, if I'm submitting another short film, I, I totally expect to get a fee waiver. Um, Another thing I want to say is never on Without a Box, you'll notice that typically there might be like four deadlines with increasing costs. So there might be like an early bird deadline, a regular deadline, or a late deadline, and then what's called the WAB extended deadline. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, you know about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we, I know we talked don't about do this. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> don't do it. Um, always try to do the early or the regular um, because A, they're the cheapest, and B, your film will be getting to the festival back before they made a lot of decisions because by the even by the time of the late deadline from what i've from the and it's, i have to admit some of this is theorizing but from what i've heard and from what I, people have told me by the time you like might submit to a late deadline they might have programmed like 50 percent of the films that they want so you've instantly like hurt your chances of getting in and you're paying more money like yeah. i mean like some of those late deadlines are like 50 60 bucks um whereas like the early bird might have been 25 and the Wob extended deadline. Okay, this is a total like people need to know about this because when I heard about this, I believe it, and it seems totally lame. So I had a friend who he was a uh, he, he was a I think he was a screener for a film festival, and the Wob extended deadline often it occurs like it's like one week before the programming decisions come out. It's like such a late deadline. Yeah, and he said that 
festivals are contractually obligated to make that agreement with without a box um, because without a box wants to make it seem like they have something else extra to offer. Yeah. So they have this like, oh, you late deadline, you've submitted, you can still have a shot. But the festivals, my friend told me this festival in particular, and he believes others, they resent having to do that because it's like, are we really going to screen an extra 100 films one week before our programming decisions are going to come out? And so he said they just took those films and threw them in the trash. Like they never even watched them, which is ironic because those are the people paying like 70 bucks to try to get in. Um, So I would just never do it. I I, I don't think it's ever worth it. I would avoid it. Just totally. wait till next year. Just wait till next year. And honestly, I think people there's a people have too much of a sense of urgency about their films. Like, you need to look at a, a film festival campaign. If you're going to send your short film out, it's going to be like a year and a half process minimum, I'd say. Wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's like, it's it's not something that you're like... It's not a three-month. It's not a three-month thing. It's no. more like a slow thing. Like a slow submit here, submit here. A slow, like, I make a list, typically. And, and actually, Wob, you can even have them send you uh, notifications like you can set it up so like let's say there's a festival that it's in june and it's december and they're not taking submissions yet you can have wob send you a reminder email when they open up submissions and i typically just make a list and i'll check it every once in a while when i'm doing like a campaign um and i'll be like oh you know this early bird is coming up and then i'll just go on and i'll submit that but it's a very like I, yeah, I mean, I would just recommend if you miss a festival that you really want to play at, wait until next year. Uh, I, I'll advise the, uh, the feature people, though, that if the end game is distribution, <clears throat> you really got to watch out for your IMDb year date. Yeah. Be- because distributors don't like to distribute movies that aren't this year. Hmm, that, that's on IMDb. Yeah. So, so here's how this plays out. Um, I, I've done it a few times now, so now I, it, it, it's actually changing. So if it used to be, you don't get on IMDb until you have gotten some kind of legitimate exhibition. So what's that? So that's any film festival or screening venue that IMDb recognizes as legit. <clears throat> um, if you, once you get into that, you can then submit to IMDb. You can cite that screening, and then hopefully they'll put you up. And that's what's happened in the past. It's changed now because uh, Without a Box is partnered with IMDb. Right. Yeah. So now all you have to do is. Uh, is register your movie on Without a Box, which is completely free yeah. and completely easy, and you'll be on IMDb. I mean, it's a really easy, quick That's, way to go. I, I, wish, I wish it was the old way. From there, of course, you can spend your $35 to have a you know a poster on it and whatnot and, uh, and all that good stuff. You can submit a trailer for free. But that's when your movie's going to get stamped with a, a year date. Um, here's the good news. that it'll, ju- it'll have in brackets completed at, at that point. But it'll still be this unscreened movie. And when you eventually do screen, if let's say that you uh, you put it on without a box in 2011, but then you ended up screening in 2012, the new that completed will go away and the, the year of the movie will be 2012. It'll be when it first screened. Mm. So then you have that year to get distributed as far as I'm concerned. Because once it becomes 2013, a lot of distributors are going to turn the other way. I honestly, like, not, you know... So I know what you're saying. Like some festivals will, will I feel like they'll, you know, oh, your film's from 2010, or you know. Festivals don't care as much. Well, I I have encountered some really? that seem to like they they say like your film must have been completed within whatever like twelve last twelve months or whatever the year date is. My advice is just lie. Yeah. Because that's, that's sh- the problem with IMDb. Is IMDb is is the fact about the movie. 
Oh, you're yeah, I see what you're saying. It yeah. stamps it. Right. Um yeah, they'll just sucks. go. Ref- they'll reference that, but well, that's if they're really. If they like it. it enough to look it up on IMDb, <laughs> then you're probably in. It's really, it's really more like, all right, it's time for this movie to make money. Yeah, it's time to sell this to people. It's got to be a movie that came out this year. I though, going off of what you're saying, I feel like if you make a film um, that's ever near the end of a year. Always just like like put the copyright for the next year. Yes. Like I'm, I'm, I'm give yourself the full next year to do whatever needs to happen. Yeah, because I made you know I made Wrigley and King. It was like November December we shot. I didn't have like a completed cut until the spring, and like every every I always just put the copyright is technically it was shot in 2010, but always just 2011 I put definitely. Um, and I, you could even go farther if you want because whatever it's when. Put the copy. Don't ever put the copyright when the film is shot. Put it when you have your completed cut and you actually want to start submitting. So even yeah. if you have a film from three years ago, uh, two thousand nine, let's say, put put two thousand twelve. Um, if you're a feature too, by the way, you want to you need to have a you need to have a website, a Facebook page, <clears throat> and a trailer. Um, a lot of them are just going to watch the trailer. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's kind of like what we're, like the. In official rejection when the guy says he's – I mean he says he doesn't watch every film. But then I've heard with a lot of features they'll only watch the first 10 minutes. Yeah, or 15. You know, it, they'll keep watching if, if, if they if like it. If it's good. But, but, but if, you if, know, if I thought like – you know, Stefan was saying that he'll give it the first 15 and he thinks that's really very very generous. Gen- generous yeah. yeah to, it probably is. Uh, giving you a full – if I if you can't hold me in 15 minutes, my audience isn't going to stay. So that's kind of his, his thing. Yeah, with shorts – I mean, if it's under 10 minutes, just watch the whole thing, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, but they probably don't. There's probably a lot that, um, if it's just like two or three minutes in and then it has like terrible sound or something, they're just like, yeah, whatever. Right. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, so I I basically, like, I think you should should start to, because another thing towards towards improving your festival results, um, and this was a trick taught to me by an older friend who has has had more success on the festival circuit than myself. if like let's say you submit okay so you're starting a, a like a pretty pretty big festival run you you're going to submit to like 30 fests um and you know you start getting cuz some of them you you know if you submit with the early bird you might not hear for 8 or 9 months okay so in that interim you've gotten into 10 festivals you've gotten yep. into one third of <laughs> what you submitted to maybe there were some rejections along the way but what you want to do is you want to email uh, the festival and give them an update about where your film has played because kind of going off what we were saying you never know what the process is their like judging process your film might just have been overlooked or might have been watched by someone who was like exhausted after watching 20 shorts that night so it could have been like ruled out kind of unfairly whereas if you can if you can send them a list and say hey it's played at these 10 festivals flag it it, yeah, basically, I think if it's if it, they've rejected it, I think they might take another look. And I found that I did that with Wrigley and King, and I found that I, I'm a, I'm, I feel like I don't have like I never crunched the numbers, you know, but um, like Moneyball or something. <laughs> but um, I feel like it improved my acceptances at subsequent film festivals. And again, that's going back to the exact same thing that Jim was saying. It's yeah, having right. it's having someone make a decision for you because like festivals are. They all like a lot of the a lot of the smaller fests. Just they'll program what the bigger fests program, which is another reason to kind of start at the top, as we were saying. Yeah, is that like they'll send a programmer, you know, like they'll send a programmer to Sundance, and if they see a great short at Sundance, then they'll they'll invite them to their festival. Of course, 
Yeah, well, yeah. You say of course, but it, when I learned that, I was kind of bummed <laughs> out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because but... it makes it it makes it so that it's like it's like a popularity contest rather than because you I would think a festival would have its own like unique voice. You and... think you think of a, a film festival as being less capitalistic than that. But but it, it, it's exactly as capitalistic as that, and some of them, you know, unfairly, but some of them to survive, you know. Yeah. Some of them to stay to stay alive for the next year and the next year after that. You know, going back to Sydney. Sorry that it's my only example. I'm I'm just not that successful. <laughs> but uh, I think it's a good example. But but they, you know, they were like we've they they programmed a lot of really obscure, really like just made by any old kid, any old Frankie Frayne. A lot of you know, they gave a lot of people a chance to screen. But they opened with a feature by a celebrity, and they eventually came. Those it was Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie, and Tim and Eric eventually came and met them and were very nice. Um, and they closed with with a movie by Bobcat Goldthwait. Mm. And the reason they did that that was to get people to come to opening and closing night at the festival. It was like you know they do need some kind of juice, something that's going to get people to come forward. It's not it, they're not evil programmers. It's no, that no. they know that audiences. Uh, have discerning taste, and then they have to kind of chop through that to get them to watch the other stuff. It's kind of like how Rob Rodriguez, you know, makes Spy Kids three to fund, you know, Grindhouse or whatever. Right, it's yeah. that it's that old paradigm. No, I mean maybe yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm being a bit unfair. It's just that I I was just a little kind of surprised because then it makes it seem that you need a golden key. Yeah, and yeah. And, and if like and then if you get on, if like you're sort of on a roll, just the whole idea of having. Because then it kind of comes down to, oh, well, like, the, if the big festivals are dictating so much of the program with the smaller festivals, you know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. I don't know. Feel, it, I was surprised because I was picturing them more as, you know, like, they're all, like, they're all interconnected, which I wasn't, when I started out, I was viewing them more as separate. So, some are nice and altruistic and doing their own thing, but they might be they might be too small to do anything for you career-wise, so. Yeah, it's sort of a trade-off. Yeah. What you said, though, about I feel like I just wanted to mention this bullet point. Part of the thing is I feel like people can get discouraged um, getting a lot of rejections. I know I did. But you have to bear in mind that there's a a heavy preference um, given to films that have any kind of celebrity or anyone of noteworth because, like, the festival can promote that, as you were saying. Yes. And uh, so – Sometimes, like, your short didn't get in, and then you go and you see, a, like, a terrible short, but it's got someone moderately famous in it, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. But, like, you, I don't know. That's kind of just, like, the the, <clears throat> the cost of doing business, as you were saying. Right. Um, so just bear that in mind, because it's kind of the um, – it's just kind of like the – it's a good way to deal with rejection. And just wait till you get to distribution time, and they start to be like, well, you don't have any names in your movie. What are you no. talking about? <laughs> I'm Frankie Frayne. I'm Frankie Frayne. Frankie Frayne and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what we call ourselves. Uh, worst festival experience. Is there one right at the top of your head? Um, Where you're like, wow, this was a waste of money, a waste of time, and I'm fucking insulted. Well, I haven't gone to that many. I'm going to ask you what the best one is. So, <laughs> um, I haven't I haven't actually gone to that many because a lot of them for short films they give like zero help. Yeah. I mean, which I found frustrating because you know, I understand that they can't maybe pay for everyone's airline ticket, but I think they should be able to find you a couch yeah. or something to like just so you don't cuz like I mean, come on, like you know like I'm a student, like you have a student film category right. as a lot of these festivals do and it's like right. Do you really think I can afford to pay even like a hundred bucks a night to go and stay there for four nights or whatever? Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, if if they 
that was what made me go to Sydney was the fact that they offered. Yeah. If if they offer you a place to stay or they they're, offer you any kind of little thing, they're probably pretty le- go legit. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna go to Sedona. They were gonna give me a week in a like a hotel. Wow. And I was. I mean, I had to pay for airfare, but I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, I couldn't end up going because I was sick. But right. Um, you know, and I, and I I was uh, there was another festival um, which was pretty cool. The, uh, the actually the one that. Um, uh, gives lets me submit for free and lets me recommend Southside Film Festival. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, they put me up at Lehigh University in the dorm for like I don't know four or five days, and um, that was like really cool. And that's like I don't know. I feel like that's that's what the festival experience should be. It's kind of it's kind of lamer when you like have to go. You have to, to in order to go, you have to like justify spending like like a thousand bucks because then it's like. Wouldn't that thousand bucks just be better spent on your next film? Right. You know, it's like um, for some shorts, that's like double the budget, triple, quadruple the budget of the movie. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. totally. And so, like, it it gets it gets into like I feel like sometimes you just have to kind of do the math and um and just kind of just kind of know when uh, when it's not a good investment. Um, okay, well, there were there were two or three festivals in particular that. When they rejected me, for some reason they decided that they had to tell me that it was because of the morals of my film, which I thought was kind of uncalled for because usually you just get like a standard rejection. There wasn't room for it or whatever. But these like they felt like they had to go out of their way to make sure I knew why. (laughs) And um, I was just like, that should not be a criteria. How did they phrase it? Like one 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 of them was like our fit. Well, I don't. Oh, okay. One of them was like our festival. Are the guidelines? It's like the I don't know something about the positive human experience, oh and which I'm not going to name anything specific. But uh, there was a film that uh, subsequently uh, won an award there that, to me, was just in the same moral category as my film, um, so to speak. Yeah. And um, so anyway, there was another festival that was like. Oh, we thought it was technically very well done, um, and they're like, "But our judges really struggled with the morals of your film." And to me, I responded, and I was just like, "Why is that a criteria? Like, really? Like, I mean, are you like? Uh, there's so many films where the the, the like the more like, and what does it even mean? Like, because like, can a can a narrative like characters in it have morals? Sure. But then you know, like that, uh, do the characters in it dictate the entire narrative? Right. Like, I mean, it gets. I don't know. It was such a weird thing that happened to me, and it kind of um, like yeah. for for instance, my movie has you know I think is really pro gay, but it has <clears throat> homophobia in it. Hmm. Does that mean that like I could see you know we use like the word fag a few times and like yeah. I can see somebody being like no this is a homophobic film you know does that misunderstanding it I'm I, I think as you know I'm I'm going through that now because yeah. I mean I'm doing a film that has some homophobia in it yeah and it's like. I'm, it's a struggle because you you are sort of you don't want to offend people, but simply the joke is these guys are idiots. Well, I'm, I mean, you want to write characters that are accurate. Yeah, you know, like that. That's what it comes down to is that it you feel like it it needs to feel authentic and 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 I you know what I feel like it kind of gets mixed up in is that I feel like some film festivals they act like narrative films or documentaries almost like yes and, exactly you know and, which is really bizarre because it's like <laughs> I'm not this does not have like uh the necessarily the same kind of political or social statement no it's 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 a story i'm telling a story yeah something you, that happened yeah yeah you, yeah and i, I don't Even know though I, it's fiction it's you know, i'm telling it like you know these characters did this yeah, yeah. Right. Be, they, they're not seeing it as 
But, you know, a lot of movies, a lot of narratives do have that kind of, like, social statement in them, and some don't, and I think people struggle with that. Well, well like, <clears throat> Taxi Driver. Yeah. I think it's a great film. What is that film saying? Yeah, I don't think it, it reflects, like, uh, uh, Scorsese's ideas of, of uh, justice. No, yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing. And, and like, if... if you know, if if you if you're gonna make the filmmaker responsible for anything that any character does, like you could never tell a story again. Because right. like by that logic, you know, Steven Spielberg is a Nazi because there's Nazis who act bad in Schindler's yeah. List. Like he can't be he's telling a narrative. He's I think not, it's you know, it's Scorsese being like, Let's take a look at how this guy thinks. You know, yeah. in in the case of, of Travis Bickle. And, and and you know, like that's certainly I, there is a social a social statement in that movie. It's it's just not really it's it's ambiguous, you know. I it's like let's just look at the character and think about him. It's 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 a it's a slice of life like yeah. without judgment, right? Um, on that, and that's like, I feel like that's more. I mean, I know some people would very very much disagree with me, but I feel like that's more the pur- purpose of narrative is it's sort of a it's an, it's an honest portrayal without a lot of judgment yeah. on 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 the characters on the maybe story. introduce you to some people you wouldn't talk to normally and for people yeah. you just might not see yeah yeah i mean but um so be- best festival experience do you have a- ever have any ones where you're like wow that was just really fun well like i said i haven't been able to go a lot yeah but uh, you went to la uh, to emerson's that was a great experience yeah i can't the the one thing though is i can't count that um as like a I can't count that as a festival, like because only Emerson students can submit there. So it's not like I recommend, yeah, uh, you know, give people advice. But that was an awesome experience. Emerson would like put me up and paid for my airfare, so that was just a good great. screening too. Yeah, it was a great screening. It was probably yeah. the mo- like I think it was one of the, probably the most packed screenings my film had. Um, it was a full auditorium. It was really awesome. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, that's the festival podcast. Um, my final bit of advice would be to get a real job on top of whatever else you're doing because the <laughs> shit gets expensive and there's only so many Kickstarters you can start. Yeah. No, it's it's good to... It's, and it's good to build festival costs in your Kickstarter if you can. Yeah. That, that's you, what I've heard anyway. Don't, don't forget to... Uh, don't forget to budget for the fact that the, 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 the costs don't end after the film has been cut. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Neil. Thank you for having me, Frankie. Bye.